Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. This is the month where we actually go and celebrate Easter. And uh, for the next couple of days, or for the next couple of weeks, we are going to be leading in teams that will lead us right into Easter. I want to start with the very first one, which is the need for the cross. It may, it may, if, if you have been in the church for any number of time, you will see that one of the central themes of the church, you know, one of the central things that is always recurring is the theme of the cross. Talk about Christ dying on the cross, talk about the symbol of the church and every other thing. So the question that we want to deal with this morning is the need for the cross. What is that need for the cross? Why is the cross necessary? As we enter the Easter season, like I said, it is fitting to take a closer look at the symbol that represents the victory that Christ won for us and won not just for those of us who are Christian, but for the whole of humanity. We can sum up the central message of the Easter season in these words that is written by this man called Clarence Hall. He said there, he said, you can put truth in the grave, okay, but it will not stay there. You can nail it to the cross. Wrap it in a winding clothes, a sheet, and shut it up in a tomb, but it will rise up again. That's basically what the Christian message is all about. That's basically what the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ is all about. People who thought that they could silence the message. People who thought that they could quieten the Lord Jesus Christ. People who thought that by the killing of the Lord Jesus Christ, every you know the whole message of the cross will go away. But they were sadly mistaken because it gave it more power. It gave that message more power. And if at, the, at the end of the day, 2,000 years later, it is still going very strong. Those who thought that they were going to silence it, they were long gone and they have been forgotten. And the message still continues. So you see, Easter is the most important season in the Christian calendar. Okay? But for some reason, it is one of the most, it is one of the seasons within the Christian church that is not, people are not excited about. A month to Christmas, you can imagine this place will be different. This auditorium will be different. There will be decorations, there will be everything you can see. For some reason, people who are broke all year, by the time it comes to Christmas, everybody just miraculously have money. How it comes, I just don't know. But people begin to have all sorts of money to share and to spend. For some reason, people are excited about Christmas. But when it comes to Easter, people don't even even remember there is anything like that. We would rather celebrate the festivities of Christmas rather than face the reality of Easter. The question is that, why is Easter ignored by the world? Why is people? Why are people less less excited about the message of uh, about the about about Easter? The reason is simple: the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not a glamorous thing. The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ is not something that is very fashionable. It's not something that a lot of people are excited about. It's something that is very, very difficult even to understand and to comprehend. So that is why a lot of people are not excited. But the question that we want to deal with this morning is, why is the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ important? Why is that cross important? Why is it the central message of the, of, of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? Why is it important? Number one reason why it is important is because it is central to our faith. 
There is no Christianity without the cross. Any Christianity that purports to say that it wants to lead you to heaven, but there is no cross, that particular Christianity will not take us anywhere. Number two, the cross is important because it reveals the character of God. (laughs) The nature of God was on display. It tells us that the Bible tells us that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. It is the nature of God. The character of God was revealed on the cross. Number three, the cross is important because it reveals the love of God for sinners. In other words, while we are yet sinners, the Bible says that Christ died for us. The true what of a human soul was made manifest on that particular cross. Because God did not want anyone to spend eternity apart from him. He had to come and make the sacrifice for us. That is why the cross is important. Number four, the cross is important because it reveals the cost of sin. It reveals the cost of sin. Sin is not free. It may appear to be. But at the end of the day, it will cost you something. It will cost you something. And the cost of sin was on full display on that particular cross of Calvary because Jesus Christ paid it all. It reveals the cost of sin. Number five, the cross is important because it reveals the love of God for sinners, like I said. It reveals the judgment of God, sorry, for sin. The judgment of God for sin. In other words, a righteous God cannot behold iniquity. And because he cannot behold iniquity, he will judge sin anywhere he finds it. In our life, in your life, in my life, in the church, in our home, anywhere sin is found, sin will be judged. And the cross is a full display. The cross is a reminder of what God, of how God loves and hates sin. And that is why a lot of people are not excited about Easter. So that is why the cross is very important to the Christian faith. For the same reason, that is why the whole world does not like the cross. Because it's a reminder, okay, it's a reminder that sin will be judged. That we have no more excuses. That whether we like it or not, whether things, you know, where we can say, okay, yeah, my father did not hug me enough, my mother did not hug me enough, you can give all the excuses in the world. But the fact that the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ was raised up for the whole world, we no longer have an excuse. That's why people don't want to hear about the message of the cross. But the interesting thing is that until we understand the need for the cross in the human experience, we will not fully appreciate what the Christian faith is all about. Until you understand the centrality of the of the cross, until we know the until we understand the need for the cross, we will not fully appreciate what Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary. Until we understand the need for the cross, we will not fully appreciate the need for what Jesus Christ did for us. And for us to understand the need for the cross, we must understand three basic things. Number one thing you must understand is that you must understand the nature of God. If you want to understand the need for the cross, you must understand first the nature of God. What is the nature of God? The nature of God is that God is an omniscient God. It's all-knowing. Number two is an omnipresent God, omnipotent God. It's all-powerful. Number three is that it's an all-present God, omnipresent God. He is present everywhere. The Bible tells us in the book of Psalm 139 verse 7, it says, where shall I go from thy spirit? Or where shall I free from thy presence? In other words, anywhere I go, you are there. So God knows everything. God is all-powerful and God is present everywhere. Not only that God is a God of love. John, First John chapter 4 verse 8 tells us, He said God is love. Not only that God is holy. And because God is holy, you need to understand the relationship. Be ye holy, for I am holy. And God is not only holy, God is also just. Okay? Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth go before thee. That is Psalm 89, reading from verse number 14. So those are the attributes of the Almighty God. If you want to understand what happened on the cross of Calvary, you need to understand, first of all, the nature of that particular God that made the cross possible. All-knowing God, 
all-powerful God, ever-present God, a God who is holy, a God who is just, and a God who is loving. Because of all that, the Lord Almighty made a way for His people to, you know, to be able to come unto Him. So that's the first thing. The second thing you need to know, if you want to understand the need for the cross, is that, to, is that you must understand the nature of man. What is the nature of man? The nature of man is very simple. We must understand that, the, that man, that, that man is created, number one, in the image of God. That is the nature of man. Man has the nature of God. Number, number two, they, 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 you must also understand that the man is also created that has what is called the body, the soul, and the spirit. Okay? If you read from Genesis chapter 2, reading from verse number 7, the Bible says, And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground. That's the physical body. Breathe into his nostry the breath of life. That is his spirit. And now man became a living soul. That is the soul. So you have the three different aspects, the three different parts of man. We must understand number, number two. Apart from the fact that man is made in the image of God, man is made up of body, soul, and spirit. Number three, that man is totally depraved. What does that mean? It means that man is sinful by nature. Man is sinful. For all have sinned, Romans chapter 3 verse 23, tells of all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. That particular sinful nature is there in the heart of man. Just like man is not a, just like a, 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 an individual is not a Christian because they go to church, a man, you know, he goes to church because he's a Christian. We can say the same thing, that a man is not a sinner because he commits sin. No. A man commits sin because he's a sinner. It's just like when you say a particular animal backs. You know, when a particular animal backs, is a, that doesn't make him a dog. A dog by nature will back because it's a dog. So that's the idea. The man is not a sinner because he commits sin. No. Man is a sinner. A man commits sin because he's a sinner. That's the DNA that is in him. We must also understand that man is not only totally depraved, but the depravity of man is universal. In other words, it's not a question of a black man or a white man. Or, or the Arab, or the, or the Jews, or whatever. No, it's a human thing. It's a human nature. The human, the depravity of man is is universal. That is, a, it's a man. It's not particular to a particular. It's not. It's not unique to a particular religion, a particular race. It is. It's a, the depravity of man is universal. All men are sinful. Number four, number whatever number I mean right now. We must also understand that the depravity of man is what is from the is from birth. It's not something you acquire. Is from birth. And that is why no parent ever sits down and teaches their child and say, How do this? Let me tell you, son or daughter, this is how you lie to an individual. This is how you steal. No parent does that. But how do they how do how does a child grow up and become selfish? How do they grow up to learn how to lie? How do they grow up to learn how to cheat? How do they grow up to become whatever is because these things are in it? So we must understand that the depravity of man is from birth. The Bible tells us in Psalm 51, reading from verse number five, it said, Behold, I was shaping in iniquity. In sin did my mother conceive me. In other words, it is right there from the very beginning. So we must also understand that the nature of man, the, the, the man's depravity is right inside his heart. So it's not something that, okay, by doing something physical you deal with it. No. It's something that has to come. It comes in from the inside. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the man speaks. In other words, it is inside. The evil that the Lord, that the, the, the depravity of man is right, something at the heart of man. So the Bible tells us in the book of Jeremiah 17, it said, their heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? In other words, inside the heart is where the problem is. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Ezekiel. It says, I will give you a new heart. Okay? 
I will take away the heart of stone and I will give you a new one. So Christianity is not about reformation. Okay? Christianity is not about putting giving putting a new you know, putting a lipstick upon a pig. No. The idea of Christianity is to be able to transform. Christianity is about transformation. Christianity is about the new birth. Christianity is about taking somebody that is dead and bringing them back to life. And it says the, re- the reason for that is because the depravity in the life of a man is deep inside the heart. And then we must also understand that because of man's depravity, sin entered into the world. Because of the behavior of man. Because of the attitude of man. Wickedness of man towards another man. That is how sin entered into the world. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 12. It says, Wherefore by one man sin entered into the world. Death by sin. And so death passed upon all men. For all have sinned. So you see that because of the depravity of man, because of the condition of the heart of man, sin entered the world. And when sin entered into the world, fellowship with God was broken. Okay, fellowship with God was broken. Genesis chapter 3. If you start reading from verse number 10, the Bible tells us, And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I have heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. So, as soon as sin entered, as a result of the depravity of the heart of man, what happened was that a separation took place between God and his creation. A separation took place between God and man. And you understand it even in your own relationship with people. As long as you are living a life that is pleasing unto that individual, fellowship is great. As long as you are doing what is right, as long as you have nothing to hide, as long as you are living a life that is pleasing unto that individual, everything is fine. But the very minute you begin to do something contrary, the very minute you begin to live a life that is questionable, the very minute you begin to live a life that is, you know, that is completely opposed to whatever agreement that you have with that other person, everything falls apart. You begin to give excuses for not coming to see them. You begin to give excuses for not wanting to stay up late and talk to them. You begin to do everything possible to stay away from that. The Bible tells us, it said, I would... He said, I heard that voice in the garden. In other words, you saw that your friend coming. And you know what you have said about that person. You know what you have posted on the Facebook about that individual. The Bible says, I heard that voice in the, in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. In other words, I have been exposed. Now you know I have stuck what I have said about you. Now you know how I feel about you. Now you know my thoughts towards you. If now you know that I have been a hypocrite and I have been pretending about you. And I hate myself. In other words, I don't want to look at you anymore. Because you already know who I am. Because you have already seen me. Because you have seen my nakedness. You have seen my hypocrisy. You have seen my inconsistency. Now I don't want to stay with you. That is what happened between us and God. The fellowship was broken because sin entered into the midst of his people. And when sin enters into any particular relationship, when sin enters into a particular relationship between a man and a woman, husband and wife, boy, you know, friend, uh, 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 just uh, uh, major acquaintances at the place of work in the church of God, when any time that issue of sin comes in, fellowship is always broken. And when fellowship happens, when fellowship is broken and is not repaired, what happens is that death and separation becomes the main thing, becomes the order of the day. Because once you break fellowship, once I no longer communicate with you the way I'm supposed to communicate with you on a regular basis, what will then happen is that we'll start distance begin to happen. Separation begins to take place. And as you become separated with that individual, if you do not mend the fence, at one point in time you don't even remember what caused the separation anymore. 
At one point in time, the phone calls that you are not supposed to make at one point in time becomes a week, then it becomes a month, then it becomes a year, then it becomes 10 years, then it becomes 20 years, and before you know what's happened, that individual becomes, you know, faded memory. And that's what happened in our relationship with God. And that is why normally people do not wake up and say they want to do the will of God. No! Most people don't. The reason is because they have been separated from the Lord for so long that death is now the order of the day. So to understand the need for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, to understand the need for Jesus Christ dying on the cross of Calvary, you must understand, number one, the nature of God. Number two, you must understand the nature of man. Number three, to understand the need for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, you must understand the nature of sin. What is sin? Okay? You must understand the nature of sin. What is sin? Sin, we must understand, is rebellion against God. Sin is not just rebellion against God, it is outright disobedience to the Almighty God. Rebellion against God in the book of Psalm 107, verse 11, the Bible says, because they rebel against the word of God and, con- and, con- and uh, uh, contempt the, the counsel of the Most High God. In other words, talking about the relationship between man and God. The, re- the disobedience of God is that for that, for which things, for which uh, things sake, the wrath of God came upon the children of disobedience. So sin is not just rebellion, it is disobedience. Sin also always results in the death of the sinner. It results in death. And death is not only when somebody physically dies. Death simply means when you are no longer able to function. Death simply means when you are separated from a particular person. Death simply means that when you are no longer able to do what you are supposed to do. So, when there is a sin, it always results in death. Bible tells us in Romans 6.23, He says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Sin always results in death. And we must understand that sin will always result in separation, broken fellowship. Sin will always result in broken fellowship. Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2. It says your iniquities are separated between you and your God. And your sins has hid his face from you. That he will not hear you. In other words, that God is always interested in hearing his people. But the problem is that the only time you can continue to have constant fellowship with God is when sin, the issue of sin is taken away. So sin always results in separation. And we must understand that sin always has an end of destroying whatever it touches. Sin will destroy whatever it touches. If you see a person who likes to exaggerate, a day will come that that exaggeration will catch up with him. You see somebody who likes to do what? Who likes to, who has this uh, sticky finger? A day will come that that particular sticky finger will become a problem unto him. Whatever it is, we studied this morning in our, in, our, in our life class. And we're talking about the life of Samson. Samson felt that he was immune to some of those things. He felt that the rules, he had a particular rule that, oh, that pertained unto him. And another rule that pertained to the rest of the world. But at the end of the day, what you found is that that particular thing that Samson loves to do, eventually end up catching up with him. Sin will always destroy whatever it touches. Psalm 34, reading from verse 21, the Bible says, evil will slay the wicked, and they that hate righteous shall be desolate. As long as you want to involve your hands in the things that God frowns upon, it will always, always lead to destruction. You might try to hide it, you might try to mask it, you might try to put a happy face on it, it still doesn't change the fact that destruction always follows sin. So to understand the need for the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
to understand the need for the saving grace that was carried, that was bought for us on the cross of Jesus Christ, you must not only understand the nature of God, you must understand the nature of man, and you must also understand the nature of sin. The question then is, why do we need the cross? Why do we need the cross? And why is the cross important? Why do we need the cross? And why is the cross important? The cross is needed for two basic reasons. Okay? The first reason why we need the cross is that the cross is necessary because sinful men on their own cannot find their way back unto God. Sinful men on their own cannot find their way back unto God. Why is that? The Bible tells us in the book of Ezekiel chapter 18. Ezekiel 18, reading from verse number 4, the Bible says, Behold, all souls are mine. The souls of the Father, so also the souls of the Son is mine. The soul that sinned, it shall die. In other words, the price of sin is always death. The cost of sin is always death. Alright? And that is what Paul the Apostle was talking about in the book of Romans chapter 6. In verse number 23, the Bible tells us, I said, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So why, do you, why is the cross necessary? The need for the cross is that the, it, the, the, an average, a sinner cannot find his way back to God. That is why it is important. That's, you know, that's why the cross is important. Number two reason, the cross is necessary because a holy and a righteous God cannot overlook or tolerate sin. A holy and a righteous God cannot overlook or tolerate sin. Okay? In Habakkuk chapter 1, reading from verse number 13, the Bible says, Thou art of a pure eyes, than to behold iniquity, and cannot look, sorry, thou art of a pure heart to behold evil, and cannot look on iniquity. In other words, God does not tolerate sin. He cannot look at sin. He cannot behold sin. The Bible, even there are some scholars that said that when Jesus Christ was upon the cross and he said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? The reason is because upon the beloved of the Almighty God, sin was upon it and God could not look at it. That's why God had to take his eyes away. And at that point in time, Jesus Christ was crying, why have you forsaken me? The point you are making is that God, the, the two reasons why the cross is important is number one, man cannot save himself and God cannot behold sin. Okay? You know, if God, that's that, that here's the problem that most people now have. The, now, here's the problem of the, of, of the whole human race. If God wants to have fellowship with man, okay, but God, the same God is so holy that he cannot behold iniquity, how are they going to reconcile themselves? Okay, a father has a problem with the son, the son doesn't even know how to go back home to go and say sorry to the father, okay. And the father will not go to the where the son is because the son is living in a slum. The father cannot stand the slum. How are you going to bring them together? You need a mediator. You need somebody who knows the address of the son and the address of the father. You need somebody who, is, who will be able to pay the price for the son and at the same time be acceptable to the father. Because the father will not accept anything. Okay, So you see a holy God. Who cannot behold iniquity? You see man that is that is wallowing in sin. And the two of them had to come together. How do you bring them together? That is where the cross comes in. That is where the cross comes in. Okay? God wants to fellowship with man. But at the same time, he cannot tolerate sin. How, you know, how then do you deal with the problem of sin? If God cannot tolerate sin, how do you deal with the problem of sin? If you read the book of Hebrews chapter 9. 
In Hebrews chapter 9, reading from verse number 22, the Bible tells us there, And almost all things are by the law, purged, by the, purged with the blood. And without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sin. In other words, the Bible is trying to tell us here that the solution for sin, the solution for sin in every culture is the shedding, is sacrifice, the shedding of blood. And that is why religion, religion that, are, that are outside of Christ, you see them always sacrificing blood. They are always killing an animal, killing a pigeon, killing something. Because they believe that that is where you can appease the God. The Bible tells us, it says that almost all things are by the law pushed by the blood. Because there is life in the blood. So if you commit sin with your life, you have to give a life for it. Alright? So that's why people share the blood. But if that is the only solution available, none of us will be saved. Because it means that we will have to pay for our own sin. And if you pay for your own sin, it means that you are going to be, you have to shed your own blood. If you shed your own blood, you are done. You are done. And that is where the cross now comes in. God has to find the solution. Because if you pay for it yourself, you are damned. And somebody has to be able to pay the price so that it's acceptable unto the Almighty God. And like I said, that's where the cross came in. God's mercy made a way through the cross by offering Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. That is where the cross comes in. God's the issue, dealing with the issue of sin, God had to provide us with the cross. And that is the way, you know, God's mercy made a way for us. Hebrews chapter 10, reading from verse number 4, the Bible tells us that it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away the sins of man. That is why you find in the Old Testament, they were doing sacrifices every year, every year, every year. Because the blood of bulls, the blood of goats, the blood of pigeons will not take away your sins. The only thing that will atone for your own sin is your own blood. And God does not want you to die for yourself. So that's why he brought in a substitute made possible through the cross. And then Christ had Christ was offered as the ultimate sacrifice for sin. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 10 tells us, It pleases the Lord to bruise him. That he, put, he, put, uh, uh, he, he had put him to grief. When, where, when thou shalt make a soul an offering for sin. That's basically Isaiah prophesying in the Old Testament. With the sacrifice of Christ, the cross made a way for God's judgment over sin to be satisfied. Jesus Christ made a way for God's judgment, you know, for God's judgment on sin to be sacrificed. In other words, the only blood that is acceptable to the Almighty God is the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you cast your mind back to the Old Testament, you will find out that when any time they are about to make a sacrifice, you don't just drag any useless animal to the altar. No. You have to bring a pure animal. You have to bring an animal without blemish. You have to bring an animal that is not injured. It has to be a pure animal. Who else is going to give us a sacrifice? Who else is going to be able to atone for our own sin? Every one of us are already contaminated. Every one of us already have blemish. Every one of us already have issues. So if you drag somebody else in there, God will say, you are just wasting your time. Okay? Even in pagan religion, you will find out that when they want to sacrifice to their God, their highest sacrifice, they will look for a virgin. Because they believe that that virgin is pure, undefiled. So, what we are saying is that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the, on the, on the cross of Calvary was able to satisfy the judgment of sin because it was the pure blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, why the cross? The cross is important because the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ made a way for sin to be judged once and for all. The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ made a way for sin to be judged once and for all. Why the cross? The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ made a way for man to be reconciled back to God. 
It's like I've been owing a lot of money. Somebody came and wrote a check. Gave it to the person that I'm owing the money to. And that person said, okay, I accept this. You are now free. You have been set free. And that is what happened. That's why I can stand in here and be making all this noise that I've talked. I've been saying all that I'm saying right now. And that is why you can sit there and be justified and be reconciled to the Almighty God. Because somebody else already paid the price. Somebody else paid the price. That is the reason for the cross. The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ made a way for man to be reconciled back unto God. Man can no longer hide because man is no, there's no secret with the Almighty God anymore. Man can no longer say, I heard your voice, I heard your voice in the garden and I was naked and I hid. Man can no longer say that because that particular shame, that particular sin, all those things have been taken away and now you can stand before the Almighty God like you have never even committed sin before because that's what the Lord had agreed to when Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross. The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ is possible today. The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ made a way for us, made a way that Satan will be eternally defeated. Because that single thing that the enemy has upon your life, that single thing that the enemy keeps holding upon you, saying the way you behave, the way you are acting, you are this, you are that, you are all those kind of things. The Lord is now saying, okay, Satan, this price has been paid. What else do you have? You don't have any other thing against on, on this individual anymore. You don't have anything against these people anymore. That particular uh, that, that, that particular leverage that you have has been taken away by the blood of Jesus. The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ made a way for Satan to be eternally defeated. Not only that, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ made a way for God to be glorified. Because in every situation, God's name will, all, will always be glorified. But most importantly... The cross of our Lord Jesus Christ made it very possible, made it possible for every one of us to appear before Him. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Thank you.